0: T Radio,
1: where gamers roll. wwwd 2 radiocom <laughs> Eberron Renewed, an actual play, tabletop RPG podcast where we use the Genesis rules and the Eberron campaign setting, but also I'm lying because this is a reviewed episode where we talk about what we just did. And today, I'm Jeff, hello, and today I am joined by... Randy. It's just me and Randy today, and we are going to talk a little bit about the last arc, mainly Milo's involvement in it. And then we're going to talk about Milo and Randy and maybe a little Booyah, maybe even some Theradak. Who knows what's going to happen? Sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds good to me. But so let's just get started with this arc. Now, I mainly want to talk to you about Milo's, the checks he's writing are finally come due for cashing with Bella Shira.
0: <laughs> yes, they are. All of a sudden, here it comes. Thanks to the wonderful despair, I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yes, for sure, a part of it is because of the despair, but obviously this was Yeah,
0: it, it, sooner or later, yep, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, there was no way Eric wasn't going to... First off, there was no way Eric wasn't going to get Belashira in a campaign. I've learned. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah the,
0: the, the threat was, was there. Once, not, once I decided that I think Milo's smoke coming out of his head and shadowy type stuff. I was like, "Man, I just yeah, it was not a big surprise."
1: Yeah. As Philip said in our Discord, Belishira is Eric's DMPC. So But yeah, so I mean, this is the th- this is the third time that is the despair has led to a portal. Uh, I know the mind flayer showed up one time. Was there that might have just been the two.
0: Yeah, it's it's either two or three. Okay. I know there have been times that whether the result of Milo for me rolling a despair or somebody else, maybe even sometimes, where I have been, you know, Milo has been spoken to, mm. you know, there's been that, but yeah, the and the flare was definitely one of those instances as well.
1: Uh, so the arc begins with us Indoler with Eris underneath the boat with an angel named Claudio and the rest of us on the deck, and it just leads to a fight. And the fight lasts, and we get triumphs, and we add friends. Duck Plinko, the pirate, and then <laughs> yeah. you named the one
0: Oh, gosh. What was Flegal? I don't...
1: I don't remember. It was something nature-based.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I made him a halfling. Twigleaf. I believe it twigleaf. was Twigleaf.
1: I think you're right.
0: Flegal Twigleaf.
1: I was going to say Flegal Taproot, but I knew that wasn't right. Yeah, So the name, because we all kind of freaked out about it when I giggled about it when it happened, the name Duck Plinko actually comes from a game night where we played with my son. We played a game of Telestrations and Eric drew chicken noodle soup. I thought it was chicken, bacon, and Swiss. My Our, our friend uh, Madison drew that. And then my son, my, my wonderful son wrote Duck Plinko and it stuck and it was funny and we loved it. So that's the story. <laughs> but we this might be the most enemies eric's thrown at us so far there were like 32 total i think
0: yeah there were a bunch a huh. bunch of those spooky pirates <laughs> 32 pirates. sounds
1: right dragonborn skeletons yes other sorts of skeletons wraiths a necromancer and then bronzebeard himself
0: yep and then so. of course my friend who came for a visit
1: and then Bellashir who decided to
0: yeah which pretty much head. took up Almost all of Milo's time.
1: Yeah, and only Milo's time. Sorry about that. I didn't realize until well into the fight that we had none of us had done anything to help you with the the king or queen, the monarch among the monarchs of the aberrations. So that was sorry about that. That's how
0: it goes. Hey, in the heat of battle, these things happen.
1: But so the I mean, obviously the battle ends with us winning. Dis- although we all, I mean, Reynard goes down at one point. I come very close to going down. Eris catches two criticals. I think.
0: Yeah, that you, sounds right.
1: And you summon Belashira. So really, <laughs> a bad thing. <laughs> I cannot think yeah. of the name. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. You said we won, but I'm like, ah, did we? We yeah, kind I, of, we kind of won.
1: Delkir. I could not think of the term. It came to me finally. One of the Delkir. I just. Randy, is there anything else to talk with talk about with this fight between you and just with you and I? All I did, I punched and I kicked and I, well, I never, actually never kicked. Yeah, I do a jab. I mean,
0: it just kind of Milo ended up getting his eye gone. Bela Shira took his eye and <laughs> there went, we go. Went went, went went back to where he came from, you know. And I think I was a little confused. I didn't realize that like Bela Shira just actually totally came out. Oh, Am okay. I? You know, I thought it was just like it was Bella Shira, but I just thought like this hand came out of Milo's head and was had him gripped. And I, I don't know how I I was like, wait, Bella Shira was like standing right there in front of Milo.
1: Yeah, I definitely I definitely read it as the dude had had fully eventually was fully out there. Yeah. Right. Now, right. Know, at first, I may have I would need to go back and listen to how he how he explained the coming out. But.
0: yeah because you know milo made no attempt to to like break that con like to you know knock the hand off and get away or anything and
1: right and he, he he end of episoded you didn't he as like villager came back and said some quippy thing and he was like end yeah, of episode.
0: yeah and then it was like i don't know and then i try to think of a lot of instances like how would milo react to this would he You know, would he try to just beat feet and get away? Would he just be shocked and, you know, just in awe, scared to death and just... Yeah, frozen. Yeah, and just try to do a spell here, a spell there. I mean, I don't know, but it was just, okay, more crazy stuff for Milo.
1: It is interesting when you think about Milo's... I don't want to say go-to because you have a pretty varied bag of tricks, but you do like to affear uh, your enemies pretty regularly.
0: Yes. Well that's a that's a that's a free one. So it's uh-huh. like, it's like I don't have to roll, you know, I don't have to roll the, the multitude of dice. It's just like here it is. They have to try to, you know, overcome this, which I didn't figure it would affect, you know, the big dogs, but I thought it would possibly, potentially get rid of more than it did. But it comes down to, what's your role?
1: Man, doesn't it? And all of the triumphs and despairs happened during this fight. Yep. So many of them.
0: And I will say, out of all the characters I think I have ever played, this one has probably been through the ringer more than any of the other ones. Like with everything that has befallen that character yeah
1: so obviously we're going we have yet yet to really play the aftermath of losing the eye so i don't want to ask you what's milo gonna do but also like how's what's milo gonna do (laughs) how's he feeling can't be good
0: no you know i i think he will probably let eris make him an eye just because it's fun if for nothing else just because it's fun you know it's fun for eris or fun for philip
1: To come yeah, up is, with if exactly. if volunteers to do so. She's not exactly. Milo's biggest fan. Uh Hub, Hub Hub may have to put some hints out there.
0: Possibly, possibly.
1: Now and I don't recall you may you may remember this. Did Eric say anything about how it felt? Did he say there was pain? It feels very Eric to be like in a searing pain as your eye disappears, kind of thing.
0: Like no, I, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking it was just like
1: poofs out of existence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just gone. You know, he just mm-hmm. took the eye and then Belashir just went away. It's was like, well, crud. There goes my eye.
1: That also sounds very Eric. So he well, just likes to hurt us, man.
0: Yeah. But I mean, there's some leeway f- which I appreciate from Eric for pushback if we really want to. And I think I even made, I don't know if it's in the episode, but I think I mentioned to Eric, like, you know, Belashira, let Belashira be Belashira, you know, if and, and that's definitely a thing. So yeah. I mean, so yeah, it is what it is. And so right. I'm in the process right now of trying to figure out where is Milo's mindset now. I mean, it wasn't good to begin with, but now how much worse is it going to be for him?
1: And I didn't think about this until just this second, but it is, your mom's gone right now. So like one of your major grounding influences isn't there to be there when you get home with one less eye.
0: Exactly. Yep. And you know what? And she was only supposed to be gone for like three days. Has, Has it only been... Has it not been three days? If I don't, you think I, I don't,
1: have any concept of this I, campaign.
0: I don't know. Maybe she decided to stay, to stay longer, possibly. I don't know.
1: Sometimes I, know I, think, like, sometimes I think we're going to meet up tomorrow, and it turns out a week has passed. Sometimes yeah. I think, well, that was a solid month. And it's like, well, yesterday we... Yesterday. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, the passage of time is difficult sometimes.
1: Nebulous. <laughs> yes. But it, assuming she may be there, I guess that's up to Eric to decide based on the right. chronology. If she's not, no one on the boat is equipped to step... I guess Sana would be the closest to someone on the boat equipped to step up and help you deal with your emotional trauma and physical trauma, (laughs) for that matter.
0: True, true. Yeah, but I mean, I've had some thoughts on Mm -hmm. what Milo might do, and it's it's definitely not good. That's all I'll say about that
1: for now. But, so we ultimately... What happens is we're victorious. The boat docks. And as soon as it stops moving, we snap back to real Sharn out of Dolur. No more evil pirate skeletons or wraiths or dragon boards or anything. We're just back where we started. Much worse for wear.
0: Yes. But Open's okay. Curse broken. Well, I assume. I assume. Curse-
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if the curse is broken or if it's... Can you die in Dolur? Do you or is like Bronzebeard just going to regenerate somewhere else? Like, because Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I don't I do not know. That may be a, an Eric call.
1: I'll say this. I'm not going on a cruise with Ulfen to find out.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Let, let's get that ship where it's going to go and park that sucker.
1: That's right. Put a skirt up around it like you would with a trailer so it can't leave anymore.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: OK, Randy, I have a question for you. We're going to call the arc stuff there. We won the fight. And if you have any specific questions, listener, feel free to put them in the discord. But so here's my question for you, Randy. Let's, let's flash back to, I don't even know what 2017. Is that right? I don't know. I think, I think that's right. Your, your friend, Eric calls you and he says, Hey, me and Philip and this guy, you don't know. And this other guy, you don't know have been doing a podcast and we've done nine episodes. And one of the guys is leaving. Do you want to be on a podcast? How did that go? Well, <laughs> I've never asked you about this. Yeah, you just, well, you just kind of showed up one day and I was like, OK, this is Randy. He's in. Great.
0: I think one, maybe one of the first things I did was I might have got in touch with my daughter and said, now, remind me what a podcast is. I, you know, I'm kind of from that generation where, you know, you may or may not know exactly what a podcast is. I had sure. an idea, but I was like, like, this is record. Anyway, I was like, my first thought was, yeah, those things. I can't stand those things. I can't listen to them. I just, they don't interest me. I've tried one time. I think my daughter said, hey, you should listen to this. And I was like, that's a podcast. Okay. That's how she reminded me of what it was. Oh yeah. I remember you tried it. I don't even remember what it, what the podcast was. She had me to try to listen to and I just couldn't do it. And I just, they just, I don't know. I just would rather read a book, I guess.
1: Randy, shut up. You're talking to our listeners.
0: (laughs) Yeah, why do you people listen to us?
1: Well, now that is a fair question. (laughs) Why do you listen to podcasts? I get that. Why do you listen to our podcast in particular?
0: We're not sure.
1: (laughs) While I appreciate it, it means the world to me. I don't get it. I just looked it up. June 2nd, 2017 was when your first episode dropped. So I I would assume sometime in April. Yeah, uh, so that's,
0: that's like what, over six years ago? Wow, it's yeah. been
1: that long. That's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, Epis- I, I, yeah, what episode was it? it
1: As episode, in- including reviews, it was episode 13. It was the 10th actual play episode.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember, and I think it didn't, I think in the process of the same conversation, because I think I was texting my daughter about it. And then I replied to Eric, like, I mean yeah, why not i like I like playing. I wasn't really actively playing a whole lot at the time, and I thought eh, it's new something different it you know it probably won't last long, you know we'll do <laughs> you know we'll do like I don't know twenty thirty episodes, that'll be it, you know, typical stuff
1: but by, by all rights, you should have been correct
0: yep, and here we are
1: three hundred and fifty-ish episodes in, I think
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: Something like that. So, when did you start playing D and D? What edition? What year? Come on, Randy, hit us with all the stuff.
0: Oh gosh, probably I played in like 1976. So I played like all the early stuff. I mean, you know, the stuff from the get go, all the way up in its various formats. Some probably less than others, and got back into it with three. Was it three point three point five?
1: I think a lot of people got back into it in 3.5.
0: Yeah, that's when I got. I played quite a bit in high school, and then kind of fell off, and then came back in. But nice. I played a lot, a lot of the original stuff. Never as a DM, always as a player.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you and Eric and Philip would play Star Wars RPG, the, the the Genesis system Star Wars RPG, right?
0: I did not play that. Oh, okay, okay. No, I mean, I think. I think the only time I played that was when you and I played with and Philip and Eric. Did we not with do? Chris. Yes, with, with Chris you, yeah. that one time. I think that That's was the right. first time I played it. But no, I I started playing some with Eric and Philip and some other you know friends of theirs that kind of have become my you know friends as well, acquaintances, et cetera. But I did a campaign with them. Well, you know we played a little bit here and there, but then we did a campaign where I think, gosh, that lasted a while. And yes, Eric and Philip, I do still have the the glass with the loaded dice emblem and logo on it that we got at the end of that campaign. I don't remember who, who put that together, but I still got it. It holds a nice uh, bit of ale in it. So,
1: Tell me about the inspiration for Milo. Where did Milo come from? Did you want to play a more mild-mannered kind of guy, or did you feel like you needed it for balance? Well, Because you knew that I was going to be a loud moron.
0: No, I think, and that's why I've been thinking about the next thing that we will be doing. I tend to play more mild-mannered. I think a lot of times people, when they play role-playing games, they do tend to play themselves a bit you know, their personality comes into play, and I tend to play more easy-going, happy-go-lucky characters. But I thought, how could I take that and not make it just purely that? You know, how could I add something? What could I do to make something a little different, maybe a little more darker, to where he's a happy-go-lucky guy, but then there's that dark side that maybe he has no control over Mm. and so I thought well you know if he didn't if he's gonna be a magic user how did he acquire this magic and what if you know it wasn't something that was you know nothing that was taught to him on how to control anything if it was something happened that boom all of a sudden he has it he doesn't understand it he has no idea where it comes from and he's trying to learn how to use it. And so that's I said. Okay, so how would he get that? And I thought, well, I don't really know how. It just hit me. Like, say he inherited a bar, and he was a married guy, didn't have any children. And bar catches fire. He loses his wife. This beam hits him on the head, leaves a scar, and there we have it. And
1: yeah, there it is. he
0: and the only thing he can find from his wife is a a piece of a her stool she used to sit on. And that he is becomes his wand. And my thought initially was that the magic would come strictly from that wand. That's what was in my head. And as I was looking at talents and gaining talents, the one talent I have that I think that's the one that I can't remember what it's called. But part of it is that, like you have something crazy has to go on with that talent. Like something makes you kind of, odd looking to people or something different about you that maybe it might be off putting so i thought well because he got that gash on his head maybe smoke starts coming out of it so that's where that came from and i okay. think that i think that's where eric if he didn't already have that plan thought now he's got black smoke coming out of his head hmm <laughs> let's just say where this magic has come from and how cuz i left that all to eric sure all of that But anyway, that was kind of the genesis of Milo.
1: Okay. Did you name Kylie at that point, or did you let Eric do that part?
0: No, I I had a name for her. Gotcha. She was named. And it was a bad name. It was a bad bad name to come up with. Because how many times have I named Eric's wife instead of Kylie?
1: Well, I don't know what we're doing. Our DM is Eric. We've had a Barrick and an Heiress. My son's name is Ferris. We've had an Heiress. DM's wife's name is Miley. We've had a Kylie. Why are we doing this?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know. I you know, I never even thought about it until the very first time it came out of my mouth. And then I think I think even Eric has has messed up and said said it too. And maybe somebody else. I don't know. But it's like gotta stop doing that <laughs> like you know Very names cool. like fliegel Fleagle's a good one i don't know anybody yeah. remotely similar to fliegel snaz <laughs> yeah snaz there you go
1: year. <laughs> that was out of necessity that was <laughs> trevor hamstrung eric on that one so did eric give you a heads up before the drop that your magic was being Routed through the plane of madness, or did you no, find no, out no, at the no. same time? We did.
0: I I found out at the same time everybody else did, and and honestly, that's how I like it.
1: Sure. I like
0: I like to give, and now here's something else too that I, I need to say. I would not just do that, like give carte blanche to just anybody that's running a game, but I'm comfortable with giving it to Eric. So there's you compliment, Mister Eric. I'm comfortable with giving it to him because I know he'll do it right, at least in my opinion. You know, it's like, here's my character. Here's, you know, his, I guess, his personality. Here's kind of what's happened to him. You 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 take care of the rest. You know, it was totally Eric that the whole Vigo, it was a murder, all that. It was news to me when it was news to you guys. Mm-hmm. Virtually everything about, that's happened to Milo has been news to Milo, except s- except for one thing. That's it.
1: Okay, you knew that one.
0: I knew that was one. Was that
1: was that your idea?
0: I think we kind of came up with that together. Okay. I I don't remember if know? I brought it up. Um, maybe a few episodes before it actually happened.
1: Okay, so you knew you knew before he was dead that you were his son. Before, no, 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 Before he was killed. No, okay, no, okay, I
0: okay. did not. I did not.
1: Okay.
0: No. Gotcha. I, it was almost positive. It was after he was dead that I, okay. I can't remember if I sent him an idea about something that I was thinking about, and then he responded, and it just kind of morphed into, well, what if he, what if he was Satan's son? And I was like, yeah, that'd be that sounds cool to me. I mean, it kind of makes sense with the way I felt Milo had been treated by Satan and, and Satan's attitude toward Milo and Milo's hmm. attitude toward him.
1: Well, I was just, the way Milo acts towards Satan kind of made me think that maybe Milo had an inkling. Not, not a, had found clues or anything, but had an inkling for some reason.
0: No, but maybe he, I'm wrong. Please. No, not at, that, not at that point. I think it was, okay. I had played Milo like Milo was under the impression that Satan had always been good to him and his family.
1: Sure, gotcha.
0: So, you know, and since Milo's pretty much his family, other than his mom, were gone now, that, you know, Satan kept being kind to Milo and his family. Sure. And I think because of all that, it just, it kind of made a little sense for, yeah, he was Satan's kid. Okay. But that, but that was after Satan was, had been assassinated and we were blamed.
1: Right. Do you think Milo ever held resentment that we hung out at the four sales instead of keg bottoms?
0: Not really, because I don't know. It's I, honestly, I've never, I've never really thought about that at all until you just now
1: said that. I hadn't thought about it until I was like, I got to come up with some questions for Randy.
0: But no, I mean, I kind of think that. I th- I think I kind of like to think that. Yeah, maybe. We went, you know, you guys came for drinks and stuff. But when it was like time to get down to business, maybe Milo, let's not do business here. Let's find someplace else to to do that, yeah. to plot and plan and stuff.
1: And it's one table that can still turn over at Keg Bottoms instead of having us sit at it for six hours at a time.
0: <laughs> right, right. What and kind of know, stuff? And, and Bore you know, and Keg Bottoms is probably a known place for you know that's where Boromar people might hang out and plot stuff so let's find someplace else let's go to let's do the four sales
1: what kind of stuff did keg bottoms serve we never really talked about keg bottom um,
0: typical pub fair you know i'm not gonna make up stuff like eric does but
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good did you guys serve you guys probably didn't serve the mornings embrace based on the way we all reacted to the name mornings embrace in character
0: yeah no <laughs> no i think it was just your typical pub fair just your You know, not a super high classy bar, but not a dive. Just kind of a nice little, nice little pub. You know, you want to go there for a burger and fries? That's where you go.
1: Love it. I'm going to jump into the questions from the Discord. And if I, I mean, I'm just going to editorialize as we go. There's pretty loose format when there's just two of us. If you, listener, would like to get a question on one of our reviewed episodes, you can do that by joining our Discord. It's free to join, although there are patron-only tiers. We'll talk about the Patreon here in a moment. But you can find the Discord very easily. You can find it on any of our social media pages. We have a Facebook. We have a TikTok. We have an Instagram. We are on X the Everything app. The formerly known as Twitter. Better when it was Twitter. And you can find all of those at the Geek Pantheon. And somewhere in there, you will find a link to join our Discord. Since I'm talking about stuff, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Geek Pantheon. Tiers start as low as $1. And it's everything from opportunities to get into the DMs spellbook, which is where Eric and Philip put their DMing ideas and reskins and 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 home brews and things like that. Uh, I may be wildly mischaracterizing the DM spellbook, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'm that's what it is. I'm so sorry, I just got a text message and got very distracted. Pardon me. You can also check out Eric on YouTube at The Geek Pantheon. He does some great DMing videos. And since I'm doing it, let's go ahead and get them all out there. Kyber Shars is our sister program. It is also found on YouTube. If you search for The Laughing Tree on YouTube, you can find it. It is an actual play. Actual Play podcast using uh, using D&D 5E. Sorry, I lost my brain there for a moment. And it is is DM'd by Philip and played in by Eric, as well as uh, some others. So that's all of the plugs. Let's do some questions. Liz asks, if Milo knew where the power would be coming from and he had a choice, would he have refused the magic?
0: And he had a choice? If he had a choice, I would say Milo would have refused the magic. Milo was perfectly content. To have a bar, run numbers, have Hob be in his bodyguard. He was just, (laughs) he was happy in his life until he lost Kylie. And even if that event still would have happened and he would have known and could have refused that type of magic, I believe he would have said no.
1: Okay. I, I mean, that just makes sense. Why Milo doesn't seem like the kind of guy who wants adventure foist upon him.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: And then Liz continues, what aspect would he have focused on in his decision making? I guess you kind of touched on that. I should have asked Liz's entire question first because I like this this aspect of it. What would he have focused on in the decision making? The fact that it came from a version of Kylie or that it came through Zoriat? Would it be more... Does the Kylie of it all outweigh the Zoriad of it all to Milo? If, if, if let's say, there was not a choice and you just had to come to terms with the magic of it all.
0: Like, Milo knows that it was because of what alternate Kylie did to reach out that he has acquired the magic. So I have thought, would he blame her for that? And Milo being Milo, probably not. So okay, so now what's explain to me now again? Tell me, read it, read read the question again.
1: So, if I'm reading it right, it feels like what would have been more a a bigger sway for for Milo, the fact that it came from a version of Kylie making it appealing, or the fact that it's coming through a Zoriat making it unappealing.
0: Uh, Kylie for sure.
1: Yeah, that had yeah yeah makes sense.
0: Kylie for sure.
1: I gosh, I really hope Eric, I know you're listening. I hope we get more Kylie interaction with milo uh in the future yeah because it's not
0: it's it's not appealing to milo at all his mm. magic is not appealing to him he kind of i think he feels like he has to use it out of necessity now
1: yeah i mean (laughs) and of course once you've gotten it we we suddenly are in the wildest adventures like milo was not doing this stuff before (laughs) yes okay ophelia would like to know randy what's your favorite piece of magic either your own or historic
0: Okay, I I saw this one in the Discord that 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 one of many times that I've been on Discord and I'm going to probably give the pat answer that most magicians would give and that would be the cups and balls, probably the first recorded piece of magic and just the nature of what it is and how it has to be accomplished, I believe well, Harry Houdini is attributed with having said that if a a magician has to have mastered the cups and balls before he can be truly considered an accomplished magician. So just because of the historical value of and how old it is and what's involved to, to pull it off, I mean, even a simple routine done well can be very deceptive. So I would say that and Probably the favorite one of mine is I have come up with a routine probably within the past two years that allows me to call up on three different members of an audience and utilizing a phone book to have somebody pick a page out of a phone book, a thick phone book. Somebody else pick a column and somebody else pick how many lines to count down and with a spectator on stage also watching as I go through the phone book to the exact spot they have said to find that number and have it already be predicted on a chalkboard. And now it's not entirely original to me. It's it's pretty hard anymore for any magician to come up with something, a new principle, something totally original. But it uses some various principles from other magicians that I've incorporated and come up with my own little version of it. That sounds amazing. It's pretty cool.
1: Now for our younger listeners, if you don't know a phone book is a thing that we used to have Yes, where you would willfully divulge your doxing information to everyone else in your town. And add your, what I believe they're calling assassination coordinates on Twitter. Now, if somebody posts an ad, really cool. That's really neat, Randy. That that's that's cool. That's <laughs> um, fine. Right. And,
0: and and it's a it's a routine that does get a lot of comments to those that have seen it. They're like just typically that's one of the favorite things that they have seen as far as what I have done.
1: Rebecca would like to know if you have a favorite tea or coffee mug.
0: Yes, actually, I have a rather not a giant mug, but a good size mug that has a Batman logo on one side and Batman on the other side, and it's Bob Kane art on it, which Bob Kane is the original artist of Batman.
1: So it's old school artwork. Uh, could you take a picture of it? We can put it in the Discord.
0: Uh, yeah, if I can find
1: it. Fair enough. It's,
0: it's it, well, it's one of those like it's put up. I don't typically drink out of it now. Favorite one to drink out of would be my Green Arrow cup.
1: All right. I don't know if I'm. I don't. Know. We're going to assume these are, these are questions for you. This is the Randy episode, so I'm not going to answer these. All right. Ophelia would like to know, what are... Okay, well, this is... What are the characters' opinions on tattoos? What is Milo's opinion on tattoos?
0: Um, I think he's fine with them. He doesn't have any. But I think, you know, being... And the business that he's been in all his life, his tattoos are probably fairly commonplace. So he's fine with them. You know, he, I can imagine he's made a comment when he's seen one he really likes to say, well, oh, that's cool. Tell me about that.
1: Cool. I was these characters. Hob does not understand tattoos as expression. Hob's tattoos are either cultural or magical and purpose built. So he doesn't understand like getting goblin characters for truth and beauty on your wrist. Sort of tattoos. So Ophelia continues, Randy, what do you love about the other players around the table? I can take my headphones out if it'd be more comfortable. Oh,
0: not a thing. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> Gosh, let's see. I like I like what's a I can't think of a better word right now. I like the chaos of Trevor. I like how he gets flabbergasted. I enjoy that. <laughs> Seeing him stammer and stutter, much to the consternation, I believe, of the uh, Jeff and uh, Philip. <laughs> And maybe
1: Eric. <laughs> Consternation is strong. Well, well, yeah. Maybe not.
0: But, so anyway, I enjoy that about him. And the and the things, the antics he comes up with, the way he does Raynard, the way he acts with Raynard, I, I just think it's fun. You yourself, Mr. Jeff, I kind of like, I like how, and it, I think Dex was this way too? Hobbes, definitely. It seems to be I like the way you try to play him as the voice of reason, if that makes sense. Like, he's he tries to find the best way to pursue something and tries to keep the rest of us on an even keel. I feel like you play him like, whether he really does or not, you try to play him where he's got his act together, for the most part. <laughs> even though he may not, you know, but... It's kind of like he's the rudder that's trying to steer the ship as best as he can, and I and I I like that. I like the way you you're playing him in that way. Well, thank you. And let's see, Philip just and Eric falls into this too. I mean, they just know so much about Eberron and just anything, and and if they don't, they know right where to go to find out what you know. They and I guarantee you, if there's something on there that they don't get right or Eric doesn't get right. It's not because he at least I feel not not because he didn't know. You know, sometimes I think it's just I'm the GM, and we're gonna do it this way. Sometimes it might be, yeah, dang, that's right, I forgot about that. So but I like the way both of those guys just know so much about Eberron and Philip plays all of his characters, I mean, to the hilt in character. I mean there are times when I play where I think, you know, I don't think my character should have done that, or if I would have played it right, would have done that. And I know sometimes I've heard Philip say, you know, I should have done this. Not very often, but I just like the way he's able to take a character, build that character, run with that aspect of the character, and just nail it. So yeah. I actually, I yeah. don't know if, I don't know if, if I don't know, maybe that more of that maybe that just pisses me off. I don't know. I don't, I'm going to think about that. That's funny.
1: No, Uh, I, I, I agree with that with Philip. It really is. He knows his characters as well as one can. And even when he doesn't, when, when the, when the right move is to not do what my character would do, you know, he always finds a justification for why his character would do this different thing. That makes sense. And is good. You know, like, well, my character would probably run away, but, Obviously, that's not the right move for the game. So he figures right. out a good reason to, right. like to why, make like yeah. brave.
0: Yeah. So, why would this happen? And he comes up with a, a very valid reasoning for it. Um, and Eric, let's include him in this. I mean, he is a player too, running this game for us. What I really, if I had to pick something, it's like the man can hit a curveball, he can <laughs> yeah. hit a curveball. You know, we do something unexpected or something doesn't turn out the way he thinks it's going to turn out. And he is really good at Johnny on the spot. Let's roll with it and coming up with a way to make it work. And I, that's one of the biggest things I, I appreciate and like about him running our game.
1: Yeah. I appreciate, I, I said something nice about Philip, So I feel like I have to go back and do everybody. And also I'd like to hear myself talk. Yeah. With, with Eric, for me, it's when he's planning, he, I do this as a GM DM or whatever is I'm very bad about thinking about what the players might do. And I just think of what I want my guys to do and how I want this to go.
0: How I can railroad them into it.
1: And I, and I, and I'm really bad and I hope it's just an experience and I get better at this, but I'm not holding that hope. I'm very bad at thinking what might my players want to do in this situation that would make it more fun for them. I'm trying to give them a good time, but I'm not thinking about them and the characters. I'm thinking about, ooh, this will be a fun battle. Eric personalizes stuff for each of us while he it feels like maybe he's just really good at doing it on the fly, but it feels like there's a little something for all of us all the time. Yes, that's uh, just really fantastic
0: yeah there fantastic there, there may be too much for Milo, but that that's you know. <laughs> how it is this campaign.
1: Uh, Trevor's the funniest person I've ever met in my life, bar none, period. And Randy is patient. And also, Randy, Randy is the curveball. just The way, that, the things that Randy, mild-mannered Randy, chilling in the corner, being fairly quiet, and then he'll all of a sudden say the most maniac thing. And it's always good. It's always thoughtful. It's never just off the wall. But it's just like an idea, like where, Randy, did that come from? And... That's why we're playing with Randy. All right. Kevin would like to know Randy, how much fun are you having with the story path Eric has put Milo on?
0: I want to say most of the time I'm having a blast. But it's, (laughs) it's good because I feel like in this campaign, I've had to think a whole lot more about my character and what's going on in their head and how to try to get that to come out. And a lot of times I don't feel like I'm doing Milo justice. And it's because of everything that's going on with Milo. And Eric has done that to that poor guy. And it's my fault for giving him so much leeway. Now I'm, I'm having a good time. This is one I had a blast playing Booyah. And I'm having a lot of fun playing Milo as well. Even though sometimes it's hard. <laughs> to me, it's like, man, what do I do now? Oh my gosh, I just lost an eye. Even though I knew it was coming. Even...
1: God bless Booyah. We didn't talk about Booyah. Kevin continues, now that you've been playing with it for a while, what do you think about the Genesis magic system?
0: I I tell you what, when we initially started this, I was like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get you know, we're we're doing it, so I better figure out how to like it. And now I really like it because there's just so much that can happen, and in a good way and in an absolutely awful way, which you don't really get that with D&D, you know, playing the 5e system and stuff. It's roll the dice, here's what happens, for the most part. I mean, there's some leeway there, too, but I just feel it's just so broad and expansive. It's just so many things can go on. It's not just simply roll the dice, that's it. You know, you can still get something out of something, even if you don't succeed. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really like that aspect of the magic system.
1: Yeah, I mean that's just yeah that's that's the that's the secret in the sauce for Genesis in general is salvaging a bad role is possible, and we love it.
0: Yeah, and you know I think man, I, I just like I seem mm-hmm. like I feel like I've barely touched the surface. On what all I could possibly potentially come up with magic spells and et cetera.
1: Uh, Kevin goes on to ask, and you've touched on this, if if is Milo going to let Eris make him a new eye, you basically already said, yeah to that one yeah. yeah, if
0: if, if Eris is willing, I think, yeah, and I think Milo probably would anyway, but part of me's like, yeah, because it would be fun.
1: Yep. What would you say is Milo's happily ever after at this point? Kevin asks,
0: Uh, honestly, with what I've been thinking about Milo here since we recorded last, I don't know that there is one in Milo's mind. If I'm looking at it from Milo's viewpoint, I don't know that there is one. And if if I think Milo doesn't see that, then I'm not I'm not as Randy going to try to see it for him if if I can help it. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, oh, and then Kevin also mentions that the new mobile app for Discord is bad. It really is Discord. I know you're listening to all of Discord.
0: So oh, can we go it, back please. go back to that back to that real quick. Yes, I at one time, I had thought that maybe his happily ever after would be going to alternate Kylie and at least meeting that and meeting the daughter that that Milo had. So potentially that could be. But now with where he's at, I'm not sure that I'm not sure if he would be willing to.
1: Yeah, I think for that's their for,
0: for, for their sake.
1: All right. We have one final question and it is from Darren and Darren wants to know, Randy, if you wanted to switch things up for campaign three, what would the total opposite of Milo be like as one of your PCs?
0: <sighs> well, I think I'm going to venture away from a, a little a little character
1: <laughs>
0: going to play you know, a human or an elf, half elf, something like that, maybe. And probably, although I feel like Milo's kind of a serious character. I mean, he he is happy, go- maybe less, you know, not so happy-go-lucky. Try to be friends with everybody. You know, I think I think Milo sometimes in sticky situations, instead of just coming out and saying, "Hey, look, here's how it is, here's what's going on," Milo tends to. Beat around the bush a little bit mm. until until Philip and Jeff jump in and say what he's trying to say. Like like you do with Reynard sometimes as well. I think <laughs> Reynard beats around it more than Milo does. But anyway, a more straightforward, here's how it is, a little more serious type of a character. And no magic.
1: And no magic. All right. Randy, thank you for your time and your question and your answers. Folks, that is going to do it for us on this episode. We will be back next week with the beginning of a new arc. Or, yeah, basically, yeah, beginning of a new arc. We've got a lot to talk about. Reynard has a lot to share. We still haven't t- talked about that. Right. And our next reviewed will be, I assume, I think Philip's the only guy that hadn't gone one-on-one with me now. So, probably Philip, potentially Eric, though. We'll see. Yeah
0: well see if he can beat an hour
1: in the meantime thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it despite all of the jokes we made earlier about it not being a very good podcast we are actually pretty proud of it so we really thank you guys we really thank you guys for listening and with that we will see you next week goodbye bye